Hi, I'm Nemanja Kostic, Account Executive at InfoBip Uganda, and I'm very pleased to welcome you to the third episode of the InfoBip Bip Gurus podcast series, where we aim to unpack everything tech and related in the CX space. Today, I'm joined by Tony Otoa, Chief Executive at Standing Business Incubator in Uganda. We'll be chatting about elevating the Ugandan startup experience. Hi, Tony. It's great to have you here with us today. How are you doing? Very well, thank you, my brother. How are you? I'm doing fine, thanks. So talking about startups, especially in Uganda, uh, I read somewhere that the tech economy has potential to contribute over $300 billion to the GDP of Africa. But most of this is accounted from Nigeria, Kenya, South Africa, and Egypt. I know that across Uganda, startups are seizing the opportunity provided by mobile technology to offer fresh thinking, potential solutions to many of the country's challenges. Could you share with us what role the private sector can play in building lasting connections with the startup ecosystems to strengthen its impact on the communities? Right, thanks. That's a very, very um, broad question, but I think I'll, I'll, I'll approach it from two prongs. And the first one is, just think about it. Uh, let's just talk about SME, small and medium enterprises. A lot of them are coming out now, or, or nowadays are coming out of you know your startup system. Think about Surf Border, think about the likes of Jumia, or think about all of these indigenous um, uh, startups that are coming up to provide services to the last mile guy. Uh, think about Rocket Health, you know, the one that's providing, you know, um, uh, 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 medical services to, you know, your common guy. This is really transforming. And all of this has been run by private sector. And it's very, very interesting to note that private sector plays a huge role in a lot of these conversations. Now, whether the infrastructure is right, that's, we're going to explore that as we go along. But I think for me, it's just really acknowledging the role of the private sector in really taking on technology, using it to approach or fit or get to the last mile. Now, remember, most of these guys I'm talking about, the last mile guy, are not your techie people. They're not people with your smartphone. But these startups have found a way of connecting and working with them, you know, either using USSD cords or, you know, teaching some of them on how to use smartphones. But when you think about Safe Border, and for many people who do not know what Safe Border is, Safe Border is a ride hailing app, kind of like Uber, but with motorcycles. Okay? Now, the typical guy who uses a motorcycle is not, you know, your, your, your typical elite or, or whatever, but it's your common guy, your guy who cannot afford a car, who cannot afford crazy fares off an Uber, but can afford to jump on a bike. So in so much of a way, private sector has noticed this and has taken it on to, you know, get to the last mile guy. Now, talk about delivery services. Back in the day, let's say five, ten years ago, you had to go downtown to get to a crowded place to purchase just one single item. Today, you don't have to do it. You just have to tap on your phone and be able to do it, and it's delivered to you in minutes or hours. So things have really transformed, and the private sector is really playing a huge role in really, you know, uh, expanding this. And again, the actors in this are not your very huge companies. They are your typical small or micro businesses. And it's quite interesting to see how it's happening. But again, take it now back to what we have seen over the last two years. You know, over the last two years when COVID was really hitting the world, we realized that the gig economy is the ish, it's the thing now. So a lot of young people have realized it's a great way of, you know, making money, a great way of connecting with people and businesses and clients. And by using that, it's a very great resource that they can actually get involved in the overall economy. 
back in the day, these were guys who were not overly looked at in terms of the economy. But I guess also for the taxman, this is also a very interesting avenue to see an opportunity <laughs> to go in and look for money and grab money out of you know, businesses that are thriving out there. But it's quite interesting. And again, if you look, the manager, at the businesses that have grown exponentially over the last three years or two years, these are small businesses, private businesses that have taken on digital solutions to make the customer experience a worthwhile one. Definitely. And, and you know, going back to what you just said, I, the people who are actually enabling this the most for that, let's say that last mile, as you say, we don't expect them to be the most techie, but they're, they're making it, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're the ones who make a difference even in these small startups. I, I find that interesting that we always look at the future and we say, oh, you know, that will never maybe happen in Uganda, right? We think... We don't have the infrastructure. We do not have the internet. Um, prices of, of you know mobile services are quite high. And how will that happen? But look at where we've come in the past ten years. In the blink of an eye, it's crazy. Everything has changed. It's crazy. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, just before you get off the point, I'll just remind you of a very interesting fact. If you remember, fifteen, twenty years ago, it was prestigious to hold a mobile phone. The guys who had mobile phones would slam them around their waists and walk around with a swag. Today. <laughs> Your guy in the yeah. village has a mobile phone. He's updating you on what's two. happening on TikTok. He's updating you on what's happening in your city. So, you know, we've kind of like brought globalization to a localization point where it's now becoming, you know, informational symmetry is kind of aligning in so much of a way. What I want to say now, I've understood, of course, that the private sector is really the one driving this, right? So you mentioned something about the, t- the tax man and so I'm going to take you to that point, you know. What, what do you think then, you know, really, let's say the governments, municipalities can do, you know, to, to raise awareness about this local startup ecosystem? What can they do more than they're already doing? You know, are there some policymakers that need to get involved, you know, just to, to promote the Uganda startup ecosystem? You see, that's a very tough one. And again, it starts from policy level. Do our policymakers really understand what the digitization world means or where we're headed. I mean, let me just give you a simple example. We have Facebook banned in Uganda. When you think about how many businesses were operating off Facebook to connect with their clients, imagine that. It's a huge amount of businesses. So what happens to these businesses and where do they go? So there has to be, one, an understanding of what the digitized or digital economy is at a policy level. The guys who create all these laws, regulations, need to understand that. That's number one. Number two, there has to be an appreciation to promote local digital processes or local digitization agendas. Now, we definitely have ministries of ICT. We have ministries of information technology. But, well, do they really understand these things at the business level? And again, I always laugh whenever I say we have policymakers or guys who create rules for businesses and have never run a business or a kiosk, okay? Now, this is a guy who's yeah. deciding yeah. on your IT strategy or your digital strategy. And sadly, for many businesses, this comes to hurt them, you know? And again, like I mentioned before, a lot of young people have embraced digitization as a way of getting their businesses out there. But is the government listening? Is the public uh, part of, 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 of the economy listening to these young people? You know, one... Do we have cheap internet to make business thrive? That is one thing that has to be, you know, uh, promoted. Cheap internet so that a guy can actually do business seamlessly. Number two, when we have, <laughs> I, I like laughing at this one, which is a very interesting one. And for many of my brothers who are not Ugandan, it's a very strange one. When you have election coming up, we have internet blackouts for a week. 
Imagine the cost on any business. Or imagine the implications on, say, Rocket Health that provides medical services. Do we understand the implications of this thing? So there has to be a critical soul-searching. There has to be a part where we uh, uh, have a sit-down, government, private sector, to really understand the intricacies of this thing. Now, uh, government is thinking about uh, taxing or creating a tax avenue through platforms like Google or, or, or whatever media, um, t- Twitter or whatever media, uh, social media platforms are available. When you do that, you're simply stifling a guy who is just getting his feet into that space and telling him, well, this is something that you have to pay for and you have to be a certain kind of person to pay for that. Now, the moment you do that, you are limiting people. It's kind of like making water so expensive that you make it end up not being a basic human right or a basic right. It becomes now a luxury. And the moment you do that, you're missing out on the bigger picture, the picture that actually brings in more money than you would have expected. A, A situation where, I mean, now we talk about data being gold, okay, data being the new black gold. You're missing out on collecting the right data to inform your policies, your interventions, and so many things. So there has to be a critical conversation from the policy angle where the guys in policy understand the intricacies, the small real issues that affect your common guy who is trying to make use of such digital platforms and avenues to make themselves thrive. Yeah, rather than, you know, creating barriers, more and more barriers yeah. for them, challenges. And, you know, these are, and usually these innovative, uh, the guys that have, you know, the successes that have been there, these are... These are young, as you said, young tech kids who've come up with a you know platform and they're trying to make a difference, and you know then you're hindering them, you know. Yeah. And then that coupled with things, as you said, like slow internet speed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then okay, from their side, there's also things we can work on, right? Right. So there's a lack of like critical business skills, resources, right. expertise, and the support. That's what we just said for them to launch, grow, and scale that, right? Right. So Tony, can you share with us about Uganda's Tanbic? business incubator program, its vision, the roadmap, and how that is really, you know, transforming this Uganda startup ecosystem. You see, um, when you talk about startups or businesses in Uganda, you know, well, well, there's an allegation, I wouldn't want to call it or quantify it, but there's an allegation that Uganda is one of the most entrepreneurial countries in the world, if not the most entrepreneurial country in the world. But what they were trying to mean is, if you went to the Uganda Registration Services Bureau today, you would find over 100 businesses registered or, or more, right? But if you went back the same time next year to do an evaluation on those same businesses, you'll find that less than 5% are still alive. So the mortality rate of businesses is so high. So when we came into play or when we came into place, we were trying to answer the critical question, which was how can we make businesses survive even more? Now, in answering that question of how do we help businesses survive longer, how do we help them thrive, how do we help them sustain themselves, how do we really get them into a point where they are growing and, you know, becoming great brands that can go beyond, you know, the entrepreneur himself. That's why we got ourselves set up as the Sambic Business Incubator. And when we did that, we began by looking at uh, what we can do to support these businesses. We began with a training program, enterprise development program, but then we realized Training is just part of it. Most of the entrepreneurs need access to finance, access to markets, and entrepreneurial training is just one of the things. But how do you bring the three pillars together to work for an entrepreneur? And again, this is where digitization comes into play. 
Because if I am a financier and your problem as an entrepreneur is finance, how do I know you? What data points am I picking out or looking into to understand you and your business to see how best I can support you? If you're talking about market, for instance, there's so many avenues to, you know, take your product into. But the problem is, are you visible to those avenues? Do they even know you? You know, you'll find businesses do not even have. I mean, if you ask a guy, where's your business? He will say, well, my business is somewhere in Kampala. Where in Kampala? Um, some road, you, you, you pass a mango tree, you'll find a guy who's, you know, repairing shoes okay. and then, you know, right over there. We do not have proper locations for businesses. So how can we really support that entrepreneur? So you'll find that they're in their silo, struggling, not getting the right support that is needed for them to grow, to thrive, to really stand out. And eventually, you find them exiting. But what we try to do is to really take care of all of these things. And it's a multi-pronged approach all the way from the financing angle, the access to markets angle, and eventually or finally the enterprise development angle, which exposes them to more. When you just said one thing, I was, I was thinking about, uh, do these entrepreneurs even know, do they even know how big that market is, where that market is? Those, those type of things, are, uh, for me, were always interesting finding, you know, that sort of let's call it research do they do they evaluate right where they where, where they place their product and what they do that's also something i no- noticed but uh that's great and i like that putting those three pillars together is definitely key uh i th- i think we need to keep working somehow to get the government in more the policymakers to understand more and i think some that's something that of course the incubator program that you guys are doing uh, it it speaks for itself it's it's really transforming a lot of the the, the ecosystem mm-hmm. but yeah uh, it's interesting you just said that in uganda the those startups actually it's it's characterized by high failure rates right mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that that business environment isn't there that's limited access to data challenges for affordable even mobile phones uh, and internet services as well as access to finance uh, so Tony, I wanted to also just um, you know just come in and 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 talk a bit what Infobip is is doing globally sure. to transform you know the the, the African uh, startup. So Infobip is is the world's most connected cloud communications platform with over 700 uh, direct operator connections across six continents. We support businesses to scale their customer communications over the most popular channels such as SMS, email, voice, WhatsApp and the like. I would invite you to check it out at startup.infobip.com. We have Infobip Startup Tribe, which is a community of startups that uh, Infobip, as a global leader in omnichannel communication, recognizes the next wave to make a major impact upon the world. Uh, so here, there's there's some of those things that you did mention, something about finance, also about skills. So that's what we're trying to do also globally. We're trying to bring businesses and developers together in what is uh, the Infobip Shift Conference. So we're bringing that to Africa, which is the largest developer event uh, in Southeast Europe. It just brings the global tech community together where they can actually exchange. So we have developers, software engineers, product owners, founders and startups and all kinds of IT professionals and enthusiasts from around the world, they come together. So I hope that, uh, yeah, I would invite any startup listening to this to check it out. Give, uh, apply that and also definitely hope that more and more of them could uh, use the incubator program at Sandbeck is doing to, to, to transform that. Sure, 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 sure thing. And again, as well, uh, a couple to that is uh, the fact that now within our ecosystem, we've actually tried to work very much with other, you know, uh, startup hubs that support entrepreneurs. So it 
it, it really becomes a very valuable event, I think, for many entrepreneurs in our ecosystem. And I think that's a great one. That's actually one of the key key learnings I would say from 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 our chat today. For me, is 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 we need to all come together. I think mm-hmm. I think that's from all. I, I think that's what I've collaboration learned. Collaboration is the thing. It's man. the only way. No, I mean, whether that's you, a partnership, you can never whether it's work in silos anymore. It's collaboration. So I think that's yeah. I think that's one of the learnings for today. And I, you know, Tony, once again, I would like to really thank you for for taking your time. It was great discussing how we can elevate the Ugandan startup experience. I'd like to encourage all our listeners to check out our website at infobip.com for more information about what we have to offer to take your CX strategy to the next level, but also do check out that startup at uh, .infobip.com for startups. Feedback is always welcome as well. Feel free to mail us at bipgurus at infobip.com for any suggestions, comments, or questions. Thank you again, Tony. I hope you have a wonderful day, and thanks to all our listeners as well. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.